discuss to the the Forbes India special podcast on the 2017-18 union budget presented by Mr. Arun Jaitley today. Um, we have here uh, Mr. N. Madhwan, uh, the deputy executive editor of Forbes India, uh, Avi Tatta, uh, uh, associate editor, uh, Praveen Palande, uh, senior associate editor, uh, Samar Srivastava, uh, senior assistant editor, uh, and myself, uh, Salil here. Uh, we'll, we'll obviously, you know, it's, it's been a kind of a, uh, you know, much expected budget. Uh, and a lot of apprehensions, uh, some which have not come through, which is where we saw the markets cheering uh, and moving up uh, about 1.7% by the end of the day. Uh, but I'll come to you, uh, Mr. Madhavan, first, just to try and understand uh, what's, what's, what's the direction uh, which the government uh, is trying to take and uh, how much of the expectations have been met uh, right now. See, if you look at the overall thrust of the budget, I think almost all that is required to be done has been done. Um, now it remains to be seen whether uh, the economy will start uh, growing at a faster pace. So just to explain, let's look at consumption. Uh, it was expected that uh, Jetley will boost consumption by leaving more money in the hands of the people. That he has done by reducing the income tax rates, uh, which is going to help uh, taxpayers across uh, the segment and also he has uh, left more money in the hands of the rural population by um, increasing the allocation for Mandrega to about 48,000 crore. Um, I think this uh, his expectation is that the money that uh, the people are going to have in their hands they will spend it and we must also remember that uh, the 7th pay commission uh, uh, the bonanza that the government employees got has not been fully spent. So if all of them post uh, remonetization, if that money comes into the market, then the consumption can tremendously increase. Um, that is something that he has uh, laid the foundation for. And uh, he was also expected to spend enormously on infrastructure, uh, both uh, in the rural and in the urban areas. He has done that uh, as well. If you look at um, uh, if you look at uh, the rural spending, he has increased it by 24%. And infrastructure spending has also been pretty high at 3.96 lakh crore. So, so you would you call it a, a growth-oriented budget then? It is clearly a growth-oriented budget, and uh, yeah, because uh, he, has, he has spent a lot of money, and he has also delayed the fiscal consolidation by um, uh, you know moving to 3% uh, uh, of the GDP fiscal deficit uh, by one more year. This year he is going to reach 3.2. So the money that that's freed up on account of that move, he is going to invest. Uh, and he's going to spend. So uh, I think all this augurs well and uh, if the, uh, the monsoon has been good last year so the agricultural growth should also be good. He expects a 4.1% uh, agricultural growth. All this should mean that the economy will start you know, growing at a faster pace. Avi, coming to you, uh, obviously uh, even experts wanted this trust uh, to infrastructure, uh, you know, roads, railways, and, and this was the first budget where he's combined uh, the railway budget with the main budget. Uh, do you think he's done enough? Uh, I think so. Uh, you know, the, the finance minister, after he presented the budget, he said in an interview that uh, 
he is very well aware of the fact that private investment has been slow to pick up and in the absence of that you know the government needs to start spending in order to boost uh, economic activity and the best area to do that in is infrastructure because that leads to long term asset creation uh, you are right this is the first time that the railway budget in the history of uh, the indian economy has been you know clubbed with the union budget and going forward that is going to be the norm but it is not only the railway budget uh, infrastructure has been very broadly defined by arun jaitley this time including physical infrastructure and digital infrastructure uh, and he has also expanded the scope of things that come under the ambit of infrastructure creation by according infrastructure status to even something like affordable housing projects having said that you know some of the key things that he announced was in railways uh, he obviously announced a 1 lakh crore corpus for ensuring railway safety uh, though the central government will not put the entire bill they would give some amount of seed funding and the rest the railways will have to mobilize the resources themselves logistics is another important area where the railways has lost out to private sector players in aviation and in shipping and he has spoken about the railways partnering with various logistics players to build an end to end network of transporting certain goods so these will clearly uh, is expected to give a fillip to the railway sector uh, which has been struggling and he's called for more accountability by focusing on operating ratios etc in the railways which wasn't necessarily always the case earlier uh, coming to airports he's spoken about amending the airport authority of india act uh, to monetize the land parcels that a lot of these tier 2 airports uh, in in tier 2 cities hold and monetizing these land parcels is going to give them further resources to upgrade these the infrastructure at these uh, airports in smaller towns and cities which is clearly the need of the hour uh, he has increased the allocation uh, of funds towards creating a better road network which is which was part of the course and was very well expected coming to digital infrastructure you know he spoke about the bharat net project in which he has made an allocation of 10000 crore this year uh, and he has said by the end of 2018 150 or 1000 villages will have access to high speed internet through the optic fiber cable route in india which is going to be significant if if the ambition of digital india and a digital economy has to be realized this is something that the government clearly needed to do and they have done that uh two other uh, announcements that the uh, finance minister made not while speaking about infrastructure but in general which will help the infrastructure sector as well is the abolishment of fipb uh people are expecting industry leaders are expecting a lot more investments to easily flow into the infrastructure sector and the second is uh, the uh, entire issue of minimum alternate tax which can now be carried forward for 15 years versus the earlier provision of 10 years these two uh, people think will be clear enablers uh, for more money to come into the infrastructure more private money to come into the infrastructure great, great. uh summer i think there was a one one uh, reference to uh, affordable housing now getting in a, a status similar to uh infrastructure how much has really happened uh, you know for affordable housing and what could we see uh, from the sector in the next quarter or two so if you map the announcements that jetly has made in this budget with regard to affordable housing they are by far the most significant of the announcements he's made in the last three budgets now each of the last three budgets contained a reference to affordable housing but those announcements were made in a piecemeal manner and uh, since the government had not taken a holistic view of the sector um they i think somewhere they underappreciated the challenges that an affordable housing developer faces and why it takes so long for them to construct etc etc i think 
in this budget, Jetli has gone far enough and he's given them infrastructure status. Now, what this really, this essentially means that their cost of financing is going to come down. They will be able to tap into banks, obviously, but they'll also be able to tap into the overseas funds market and they'll be able to get money from pension fund, infrastructure fund, <coughs> and the provident fund organization. So essentially what this means is that long-term financing comes into the sector because a lot of these affordable housing projects are created as townships. And in order to in order for a township to develop two, three years is not enough. You need a, a five to 10 year horizon. Now what Jetly has gone and done is he's defined them as infrastructure, which is great for cheap financing. He's then gone and said that if you build a house of 60 square meters outside of the four large cities and 30 square meters inside of the four large cities, they would qualify as affordable housing. What this means is that when a borrower borrows for these houses, he gets an interest subvention. Uh, the, the exact limits are still to be defined, but as the Prime Minister said in uh, his speech on New Year's Eve, um, any borrower who borrows uh, any amount will for the first 12 lakhs pay an interest rate that's 3% lesser than the market. For the first 9 lakhs, he'll pay an interest rate that's 4% lesser. And for the first 6 lakhs, he'll pay an interest rate that's 6% lesser. So what this does is, the rough back of the envelope calculation shows that this uh, gives you a, a good 25-30% saving on your EMI. Of course, you know, this is not open to everyone. It has to be a first-time buyer. It has to be a buyer below a certain income threshold. All those definitions are still awaited. So the Prime Minister essentially addressed the demand side of the equation in his New Year's speech. And I think uh, Jetley in his speech has nicely sort of rounded it off and he's addressed the supply side. So supply has been low. One estimate said that no more than 30,000 homes have been constructed in the affordable housing category across the country over the last three years. But you know, now I think that should expand. Pick up? Do you see a pickup in that should expand like manifold because I think the last of the uh, problems and financing was a big problem for these developers that has been addressed. Right, right. Now, uh, you know, we have seen the, the markets also uh, cheer the budget in some ways. Obviously, uh, some areas linked to long-term capital gains tax, uh, which were apprehensions have not come through. Mm -hmm. So that's that's been a, a kind of a, a relief for investors. Uh, but uh, Mr. Jetty has also spoken about uh, disinvestment and, and, and he's put a pretty strong target to that. Mm -hmm. uh, Praveen, do you think that uh, it's too optimistic? What what could work? What could not work? So let's look at uh, the numbers. Seventy-two thousand five hundred crores. That's yeah. the number that he's kind of talking about. And last year it was something like fifty-six thousand crore. Uh, the number is very steep for this year. But what is more interesting is like the way the government is going ahead and doing the dis disinvestment. Like earlier, like you know, the entire process was like you know you would basically come out with the company, the company does its offerings and all. This time, like, you know, in 2014, they came out with this idea of, like, you know, using the CPAC, the ETF. I mean, the ETF as a model to do disinvestment, I think, was... Could you simplify that, that for us? What so, would you do? So, typically, what happens is that instead of taking one company and, uh, you know, trying to meet your disinvestment targets to, like, you know, coming out with public issues or offering the shares of the company to institutional retail investors, why don't we just kind of bunch these companies together, okay, and make an offer together for these companies. So there are two or three things that happen out here. One is basically when you create the entire structure into an ETF, it becomes a low cost structure. 
from the investor's point of view secondly it also like you know it becomes an exchange traded fund so since it is an exchange traded fund you know the entire cost of like you know a typically like a uh, a public issue needs to be taken to the people where like you know you have this entire cost Stop of distribution and all yeah. that road shows and all that also goes down so you know you have a financial instrument that is equity low cost equity and very superior returns now let us look at like you know in 2014 the first uh, uh, cpac came it was offered at a discount to the market price of around 5% there was also a bonus issue at, uh, attached to it and people like said that you know uh, this is not going to uh, this this uh, this idea is not going to work okay uh, in the first etf i think it collected a uh, i think uh now i don't exactly remember the number was around 3000 odd crore and there were 40000 people who kind of applied for it okay for that particular issue then then they saw that this one particular cpsc etf okay initially did not do so well but if you look at it over the last one year this particular uh, cpsc etf has given you 40% while the market has given 14% now that is higher than any fund manager active fund manager has given you right so that actually makes a very big difference that the budget has actually given the official uh, what do you say uh, uh, a tick mark to yeah. the particular etf kind of an instrument so henceforth anybody like you know etf were always looked down that in india etf is not going to work and all so i think like you know and it and it's a product that only works in the developed market and all okay. but if you look at it that you know uh, uh, the way this cpsc etf has come and raise money i think etf is now officially going to be the future in this country that's one way to look at it and they're using it so well for disinvestment that is like we have to give it to the government the original idea i mean like you know the first time they introduced the etf was in hong kong the same kind of like you know so so there here we you are. know he's he's kind of taken various sectors addressed them hmm. pretty pretty carefully at least in terms of near term and what he expects from them are they are we missing anything is there a part of the puzzle that he could have addressed is there anything in the fine print uh madhavan which you think jetly still needs to do uh see reviving exports is something uh, that not much has been done for at least from uh, what he has said uh, because uh, it is generally said that the exports are not doing well because the global economy is sluggish or the currency movement has been adverse to india but there are exports who are uh, quite certain that there are structural issues uh, in the economy that is uh, preventing exports from you know performing well and now that with uh, you know protectionism rearing its head everywhere and right. anti globalization is the flavor of the season i think the exports are going to be challenged even further so under the circumstances uh, people would have expected uh, something from uh, the export side uh, nothing much has been said at least on that front and uh, i think center there's another important thing that he has done which is uh, on uh, black money expanding the formal economy um so he is given a major push on uh, the digital payments and uh, you know restricting the uh, you know extent of cash that can be used uh, 
for gaining deduction under income tax act from 20,000 to 10,000. And, and, and so then, in some ways, I mean, he made a reference to it. Uh, the worst of demonetization is, is behind us. The impact. He has. That's what I mean. Everybody agrees that the demonetization will happen by end of this month, in all probability, and the effect of uh, demonetization is unlikely next year. Uh, so yes, uh, the the demand should come in, but for the economy to grow at a much faster pace, like eight percent or nine percent, then we need exports also to fire. We need absolutely uh, the private sector investment to come and kick in. But that's not happening now because mm -hmm. there's a huge capacity override in the system. That's why I think he's really focusing on pushing consumption, hoping that you know the the demand will increase and uh, then the private sector investment will come in and then the whole thing starts. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because uh, what we have seen in some ways, Abhik, is there anything that... Uh, so yeah, I mean, one thing is there that, you know, the finance minister has, as Madhavan pointed out, 3,91,000 crore is the budget allocation for infrastructure that he has announced. But uh, captains of industry that uh, say that, you know, it needs to be examined in granular detail as to how and where the money is going to be spent because that the budget does not specify right at this moment. The other thing also we need to figure out and understand is while it is all good to speak about infrastructure creation projects, there are still challenges such as land acquisition and environment which have not really been Absolutely. addressed. So it is just not enough to make the announcements, you have to create those enable, enablements as well and how the finance minister or the government goes about doing those uh, needs to be seen. The other interesting thing though not related to infrastructure is of course the, uh, the rate of corporate taxation. Uh, while for large corporates, while there was, it was expected that an announcement would be made, nothing was nothing forthcoming. Done. But for MSMEs and startups, a very significant step has been taken, whereby the finance minister said that if uh, any company with a turnover of 50 crores or less, uh, the rate of corporate tax has been reduced from 30% to 25%, which for a small company would result in significant savings. Absolutely, absolutely. Samar, is there anything that, that a buyer uh, needs to look at, needs to worry about? Is there anything in the fine print? Yes, there's actually good news for people who are selling their homes. The long-term capital gains period has been reduced for, from three years to two years. So what this essentially means is that if you're selling your house, after two years, you pay a much lower rate of tax and the indexation has been brought forward from 1981 to 2001, which also means that uh, the indexation benefit is more in reality with the high inflation that we've had over the years. So there is, is good news for people who are selling their flats. Okay. And, uh, you know, I think so what, what we are seeing is that uh, he's managed to address several uh, problem areas. Uh, Obviously, the markets, I think, in some way today, what we've seen is that they've, uh, you know, they, they, they have given a thumbs up, but it's more of a relief rally is what uh, people are talking about. Uh, just the whole idea that, uh, you know, there was no tinkering to the long-term capital gains tax uh, structure uh, is, is what really uh, helped investors, you know, uh, breathe a sigh of relief. Uh, and uh, also, uh, we have seen that... Uh, Maybe there's one area which, which uh, Mr. Jaitley could have addressed a little more uh, closely and a, and a little more emphatically uh, was relating to bank NPAs, where he has, uh, you know, given a figure of 10,000 crore, but that's part of the four-year figure which was already announced in 2015 uh, of 70,000 crore. So there's nothing over and above uh, this figure. And obviously banks, as we know, are still struggling uh, to cope with, uh, you know, NPA levels and stressed assets. 
so i think those are the issues which will still have to play out because there are uh, some uh, macroeconomic uh, factors which will need to be addressed relating to uh, how you know consumption can be boosted uh, and even uh, rural demand you know so so i want to ask you sadil like you know, how do you look at this uh, this whole idea that he is actually going after defaulters like you know uh, and in a in a budget speech he's actually talking about it how do you look at it so he he has addressed it uh, but uh, you know i don't think about some NBA, reference yeah right but 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 we still feel uh, that in terms of uh, you know the the actual mechanism and and getting banks to uh, even come up and uh, you know present the right figures will will be a problem uh, banks have still not cleaned up their balance sheets uh, and we are we are fast approaching march 2017 yeah. which was the uh, you know which was which the former rbi governor had put as the uh, deadline uh so not everything has been uh, cleaned up uh most of the banks are still struggling with uh you know with recovery of of money relating to previous projects uh so it's going to be a bigger challenge uh, right now uh he may not you know have have uh, you know have a clear deadline right now so he'll have to we'll have to see really how banks uh, cope with it in the in the coming months uh but uh, thank you all of you uh, madhavan abhik uh, praveen samar uh, for your insights into uh, each of these sectors and uh, obviously what we will do is keep a very close eye on on really uh, any further you know government policy that comes uh, our way and uh, give you a thread by analysis Uh, on each of these thanks sir thank you thank very you. much thank you